professionals take your business to the next level get ready to ride along on our inaugural summer road tour powered by echo and their amazing lineup of products online at echo-usa.com we are traveling the country talking with green industry leaders discovering best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits now here's your host paul jameson What's up, everybody? Here in Michigan on the Summer Road Tour, powered by Echo. I'm here with Tyler from TC's Seasonal Services. What's up, Tyler? Hey, how are you? How was that pizza Brian got us? Uh, it was pretty good to hit the spot. Jets Pizza. Now, I don't know if you can tell, but I, I had yeah, when I left on my tour. <laughs> no, when I left on my tour, I had flat abs, my guy. And now Brian's, you know, ah. feeding me all this junk food. I'm, I'm appreciative, but uh, I don't know how he does it. I mean, his diet, I don't understand. Last time I was here, he was slurping down a, a Red Bull and uh, pizza. I mean, I, that stuff messed me up, man. Uh, I mean, I'm the same way. When you work hard, you you just keep it off. Well, I just don't have that much energy, so I have to eat healthy just to fuel my body so I can have enough energy to, you know, to get through the day. So Yeah, that's true. It's all about eating healthy and, and making sure you have the energy to get through the day. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Well, Brian doesn't eat healthy and he's ultra successful. So I don't, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever, but, but, uh, I, I need to eat healthy. So after this tour, I'm going to clean up my diet. Hey, I think we should all do that. Honestly. Yeah. So you're telling me your, um, story. You, you don't be nervous, my guy. I ain't nervous. <laughs> yeah, you are. Nah. Tyler's like, yeah, hey, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous, man. Being in Brian's studio, it's all the lights and yeah. cameras. And it, it, I guess it is kind of intimidating, but uh, it's all good, my guy. So what uh, is your story? Brian was telling me you grew up in, in a very difficult situation and now you build a company in just four years to, you know, hundreds of thousands in revenue. So let's hear the story. Yeah. So uh, back in uh, 09, my dad retired from Ford after 34 years. He was kind of you know, pushed out, huh? Yeah, a little bit. You know, they were kind of getting rid of the old timers and getting some new guys in. And he was lucky enough to get at least a little bit of a buyout, you know, a couple of $10,000 kind of thing. So he took that money and he went and what's a couple of $10,000, $20,000. No, no, $10,000. So what do you mean? A couple of 10,000? Yeah. Yeah. Right. 10,000. Yeah. He got 10,000 and, and started, you know, the company went out, bought some equipment, you know, a trailer and a mower from a guy off a Craigslist, but it wasn't Craigslist back then. It was, you know, whatever Avenue he took, I, I was mm -hmm. only, you know, a 10 at the time, but, uh, so he went out and did that. And my older brother actually, who's, um, eight years older than me, took over the business and kind of, you know, cut some grass and weed whipped houses and, you know, did some, you tried to make something of it, like more of a hobby. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, he ended up, you know, finding a girl and he went off to Mount Pleasant to follow her to central and kind of left me with the business to run it. Um, 
And, you know, my dad was still the owner. He had his name on all the documents, but basically I ran the company. At and, what uh, age? That would have been my sophomore year in high school. You were in hand the keys of a business as a sophomore in high school? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So uh, we had, uh, you know, an F-350, you know, crew cab, full eight foot bed that mm-hmm. my dad got. And he drove since 2001. And here we are and now 12 at the time. And we uh, had some old beat up trailer and a Ferris mower that we spent everything we had to get. And mm-hmm. we just, I cut grass. I went to school, got home at three o'clock and ate a sandwich, cut grass till eight, nine o'clock when it was dark. And I did that for two years. And uh, Junior and senior year? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And part of my sophomore year even. So. And then what about on the weekends? Uh, on the weekends, I was out there cutting grass too. Weekend warrior. Oh yeah. And, and and during the week, you know, every every time I had time, I was out there cutting grass, you know. And uh, it, when I wasn't cutting grass, that was my time off. So I've always just been kind of working hard and, and trying to stay busy really is my, is my thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, with that, we, you know, kept doing it through high school kind of. Who's we? So it was myself. And then my, uh, my stepdad actually is a big part of the company now at this point. Um, he started with me because my parents got divorced when my dad retired and, uh, they have such a great relationship. So your so dad, your dad that. started the company and now your stepdad stepped in. Yes. Yes. And actually cut most of the lawns with me. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a crazy. Weird? Yeah, no, that's weird. It's definitely weird. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> but this uh, is like Jerry Springer, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's quite, <laughs> quite a story. Services. Yeah. It's a story, man. But uh, we all get along great. It's, you know, my, really? yeah, my mom and my dad, their children come first, you know, they, they yeah. cared about having a good, healthy relationship for us. And, you know, it was a mutual decision when they got divorced. So it was, it was easy for them to keep the children in mind, you know, me, my sisters and brothers. So, uh, it it just made it easy, but you know, me and my stepdad cut grass. Um, I brought him in. That would have been my senior year in high school. And we were cutting grass together because even with the weekends and after school, I couldn't keep up with it. So, uh, we just, you know, kept going and going and going. And, you know, at the time I really didn't necessarily think that this was something I wanted to do long-term because I mean, who wants to cut grass for, you know, 40 years of their life and then retire. I, I can't imagine as many people that would do that. I do enjoy it and I'm very passionate about it, but it's not something I want to do for the rest of my life. So I decided to go to school, college, uh, to get a degree and maybe do something a little different while, you know, still helping out the business continue to run because at the time it was, it was just a family business. It was, you know, me and my stepdad helping me out. We, mm-hmm. we plowed snow in the winter and, you know, we had a, you know, a guy or two help out here and there, but it, you know, it was more of a hobby than a business at the time. Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know, to go to, I went to, you know, community college cause we didn't really have much. I mean, my mom, you know, when they got divorced, my dad lost his house in foreclosure. So, you know, we, we lived in trailer parks and all that kind of stuff. We didn't really have nice stuff. It, uh, we just made it work. And, mm-hmm. you know, any money we did have at the time was going into the business because where'd you store the trailer? Uh, so my mom actually ran a motel, uh, over on grand river, which was kind of in the center of our area. And she had a parking lot there that we were able to store the trailer. in. thank God it was, it was quite nice, uh, at the time, but then, you know, once we got bigger and she left there, then things changed. But, um, Yes. We, we just, you know, I went to school and, and kept doing this in, in the off season. And then my brother actually came back in to the company mm-hmm. and kind of 
took the lead of running it while I was trying to get my degree uh, for finance economics. Mm-hmm. And um, with that, I continued to help out in the summers and everything and continued to help run the business and, and grow it and I'd market everything, you know, do a lot of the back end stuff. My brother would, you know, run the business and cut the grass and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kept the finances, the numbers right and all that. And uh, then I, I, you know, got lucky enough to be accepted to Michigan state, which was my dream school. So went to Michigan state for a couple of years and, uh, went through a hard time, you know, a, a, a good growing period for me, um, where I maybe didn't utilize the opportunity I was given at the time in hindsight. And, uh, I probably could have made a little bit more of it in my time. Um, I actually ended up not graduating with my degree. I'm 12 credits short of uh, bachelor's in economics. So it's a matter of just going back and finishing it up, but I'm, I'm disappointed in myself because I didn't utilize the full advantage of that and opportunity that I had there. Those last two, two years at Michigan state, did you cash flow the community college or? Yeah. Yeah. So I cash flowed the community college. And then when I got to Michigan state, I had to take out student loans because the fact that my dad was retired and the business, I was, wasn't able to qualify for financial aid. So I had to take out a lot of student loans. And for for you youngsters listening to me, financial aid isn't necessarily free money or grant. Financial aid can be debt. Oh yeah. Student loans. So you, you took out money to go to Michigan state and you didn't get it and you didn't even end up getting a degree. Correct. I have over $50,000 in in debt. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't get my degree. All right. You you youngster, Tyler, we're going to pick you up in a minute here. (laughs) Yeah, you're good. You youngsters listening to me right now, if you're in uh, high school and you're getting ready to go to college and I, I, I have the credibility to say this because I also, uh, had even, well, probably about the same, mm-hmm. uh, originally it wasn't the same, but when you add interest, oh, yeah. it grows really fast. So you guys listening, you do not, okay. You do not want tens of thousands of dollars of student loan debt. And so if you are going to go the route of college, make sure you make a financial plan where maybe you're going to go to the community college yep, and you're going to pay for it as you go, or you're going to take a year and you're going to you know, work, cut grass for a year and save up money and pay for it in cash. Or, you know, perhaps maybe don't go just because everyone in the culture says go doesn't necessarily mean you have to go. I'm all about education and, and I'm constantly learning about business, but you, the four year bachelor degree, Michigan mm-hmm. state, I went to Ohio university. Honestly, my four or five years there, I barely learned anything. Yeah. Like, like barely learned anything and, and paid so much money. So when I hear of other people that have this you know, burden of debt where the interest they're getting rich, the, the banks and and people that uh, sold us these loans, we're paying them back an interest uh, plus the, you know, original amount and they're getting rich. That's why when I, when I drove here, you know, and every big city, like Dave Ramsey says, if you look at the buildings with the biggest skyscrapers and downtowns of uh, cities, it's always the banks. Mm Mm-hmm they're getting our money and interest. And so guys in high school, don't take out student loan debts. If, if you want to go to college, figure out another way to pay it. But I, I hate this um, to hear that, Tyler. And, yeah. and I'm in the same shoes and it's it's a burden on, on, on the back. And so anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because it's, it's a great, you know, key point to my story is that I 
went to Michigan State, even though it was my dream and I always wanted to. And I, you know, I'm, I don't regret that I did, but I didn't get the full opportunity out of it. And, and I'm now burdened with all this student debt and have really nothing to show for it. So, you know, guys, it's not always about getting a college degree. It's about knowing what you want to do and making it a, a business, making it a, a hobby or a, a job, whatever you, whatever you're passionate about, you can make a business out of it and make money. You don't have to go get a college degree. It's about making smart financial decisions and knowing what you want to do. Yeah. And I'm not against getting a college degree. Um, you know, I have people in my family that are in the medical profession and in order to get the job, you actually have to have certain, you know, yeah. degrees and, uh, you know, pass certain, um, levels, if you will, to, to, you know, a, a different levels of pay for different kind of degrees and all that. So it can be very helpful or attorneys, doctors, you know, there's definitely paths where you have to go to, you know, get college, get a bachelor degrees, master degree, whatever, in order to, to have certain careers. But most entrepreneurs, most people who own a business, you know, that you don't, you, you learn is, you know, you, you, you get your education in other ways. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I, I'm not against education. I'm against debt to get education. And, and, and I'm not saying that because I read it in a book. I'm saying that because when I got out of college, they didn't tell me about the burden that would be on my shoulders. You know, when you, when you sign up, oh, I'm going to Ohio university, I'm going to Michigan state. Woo. You know, you go to the football games. Woo. Yeah. And it's fun until that first envelope shows up. And you're like, I have to pay how much money? And then you start, I remember my first year I paid a, and I went to my accountant and uh, they give you a form, how much money you paid at the end of the year. I yep. paid $5,000, um, you know, towards my student loan debt in one year. And, and I went to my accountant with that document that they had sent me. And uh, anyways, looking at the loan um, information and I was like, my loan started at this amount, Tyler. Mm-hmm. And I literally owe more. Yeah. Then I, I owe more than I started to, that I borrowed, and I paid five thousand dollars. Yeah. I was like, what in the world? And 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 I and I, my mathematical brain didn't listen to my teacher in high school, Mr. Rose, when he taught us about compound interest, where if you invest that money, you know, it grows, and then the compound effect of it, it, it just it, interest either is working for you to make you wealthy or it's working against you and it's making someone else wealthy. So you yep. do not want to pay interest payments. We will keep the name of the company off air, but you know, Brian and, and yourself, we were just talking at lunch mm -hmm. of people that had to pay these interest payments. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and it's they a don't burden to do. Yeah. yeah. And so whether you own a company or whether you're an individual, it's like you want to invest to where the interest is are, um, momentum basically are, are in, in our favor. And so I would do anything as someone who's in their thirties. Now I would do anything Tyler to go back and get to be a teenager again. And if I was a senior in high school, I'd go out and start a business. Mm -hmm. You, you guys listening now, I mean the, I didn't have this technology back then, but I would have started my lawn care business out of, out of high school. If, if I would have been a teenager back when I was without technology, I would have started a lawn care business debt-free and just build it up and probably sold it for a boatload of money. I would have named it right. And then yeah. maybe start another one, whatever. But you guys living in this day and age with all the technology, I mean, you just got to be alert mm -hmm. and, and the opportunities are endless. But the, the idea of 
spending money to go into debt to get an education that's like, no one's ever asked me other than for social reasons. Like, hey, where'd you go? I went to state. Like, okay, yeah, cool. You get a little bumper sticker on your thing with the Michigan State or whatever. Yep. No one really cares if you would have went to the community college or state. It's all, it's a mental thing. Like we think, oh, it's better to go to state than community, but it's, I'd rather go to community and not have to pay that payment. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, back to your story, um, Michigan state, 12 credit short. How'd you transition then back to TCs? Uh, so then that's when I came back to Michigan, uh, you know, TCs from Michigan state and, um, that would have been the family kept running it while you were in. Yes. Yeah. So my brother was still running it at the time and I was, you know, keeping track of the back end of the business, that kind of stuff. Um, but with that, I came back and I helped my brother to build the business and start making a real business out of this. Like, okay, this was a cool hobby. It, it, you know, it paid some bills and, you know, we, we stayed busy, all that kind of stuff, but let's, let's make a business out of this. Let's grow it. Let's become, you know, the Todd services or lightning. Todd Clog. Yeah. I just interviewed him. Yeah. Well, Troy Clog. Troy Clog. Yeah. (laughs) They're another big one. Troy Clog or United. Yep. And then Todd services are another big one out towards Brighton. Okay. Uh, Hamburg area. And, um, you know, I'm, why, why can't that be TC seasonal services? So, mm-hmm. um, that's where we, you know, we started putting our heads together and really kind of blew it up quite a bit. Like we went from doing like, you know, 40, 50,000 a year to doing a hundred thousand and then doing 150 and, you know, two. And then, uh, last year, so two years ago, we cleared 277. Then last year was about, 380. And then we're looking at probably like 455 this year is what we're going to bring in in gross revenue. Um, what was it last year? Uh, about 377. Okay. And yeah. then what's, what was your profit margin? Or- so last year is a little bit of a complicated situation. So um, to go back a little bit, kind of about the story a little more. Um, last September, um, my brother who helped me run the business. Uh, we had differences, so we went our separate ways and, um, there wasn't the money around that should have been around, we'll say. And, um, we, we had to take a lot of cash loans to get through the winter because he, when he went off, he started his own business and took, uh, you know, a handful of our customer base that we built up over 10 years, Mm -hmm. you know, um, with him and, that really put a dent in on us going into the winter and especially having a light winter this past, um, we had to generate a lot of business. So we went into the, you know, winter last year with no commercial contracts and about like 30 residential houses we could plow. Mm -hmm. And I have four guys I got to keep busy and that was difficult. So I went out and I, I knocked on doors. I hit, you know, 200 commercials and I walked away with 25 brand new commercial properties that we maintenance over the winter. Um, you know, unfortunately they weren't a bunch of seasonal contracts where I get paid as long, even if it doesn't snow and we didn't get a lot of snow. So it was rough. Um, we had to do a lot of restructuring and, you know, cash loans and all that kind of stuff to get through the winter and make sure everyone's getting paid and equipment, you know, is getting paid off all that kind of stuff. But we got through it and we caught a lot of big breaks and now we're, you know, just really blowing the doors off of this. And, 
yeah, I, we went from last year, we had, you know, a solid four guys, five guys here and there, but now we're working with eight to nine guys. I got four crews, two lawn crews, a landscape crew and an irrigation crew now. They're out working today. Yep. And they're out working today. We know that many of you are listening to today's episode while you're out working, and we are very thankful. And of course, grateful to all of our show sponsors and especially Echo for their role in the summer tour. I've got a question for you. Have you thought about how you're going to charge more in 2020 to keep up with the rate of inflation and just to make sure that you're maximizing profitability? Might I suggest getting Paul's rate increase letter? A simple 20 spot gets you a tried and true and fully customizable letter that you can present to your customers so that they will gladly get on board with your new rates. That link's going to be in the description. And Paul's interview with Tyler continues in less than 60 seconds. The hardscapeacademy.com is the place to learn how to become a professional hardscaper. It has courses there, a retaining wall installation course and a paver installation course, teaching you how to build a complete project that can take your company to another level that is profitable and worthwhile. The Green Industry Podcast Summer Tour, powered by Echo, rolls on. Once again, here's your host, Paul Jameson. Jameson. So how are you, how are you profitable with all that though? Cause the top, like Caleb Allman said, you could have a million in profit, a million in revenue, mm-hmm. but if your expenses are 900,000, yeah. you know, you only did a hundred thousand or if your expenses are a million, yeah. you might as well have stayed home. So we're, so we're clearing now, like I was kind of going back to like the cash loans that, that was eating up a lot of our profit at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What's a cash loan? Uh, you know, like, uh, an uncollateralized loan. Okay. Basically. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Like they give you cash and you pay yeah, it back. Pay it back. Yeah. At what and, interest rate? Uh, so we were not in the best position. We were paying like, you know, 12 factoring points on, on some loans. Yeah. It's quite a bit. Yeah. <sighs> if you guys are new to my show, I know we got a new, a lot of new listeners and thank you. We've, you know, we're climbing the charts. I appreciate you guys listening. I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I, I get that. I hate it. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. It will, It'll suck the life out of your personal finances and your business finances. And it's just, it's so risky and it's so, you know, try to think, I love um, what Dave Ramsey says. He's like, take that off the table, like take that option off the table. And then your brain starts thinking, well, how else can we get this done? How else can we purchase this? How else can we do this? Or do we need to say no to this? But because of debt so easy in our culture, we can just get the money pretty much, unless you're in like a horrific situation, somebody will lend you the money, but they'll take advantage of you because they'll charge you a high interest rate. Mm -hmm. And then you are stuck paying them back plus the interest. And it's so hard to get out of that once you start getting deep into that. So that's why I'm so passionate about this because I know I have a big, I mean, there's people listening to us, Tyler, from Australia, Europe, New Zealand, all across North America. I mean, all the different states. It's, it's, it's outrageous how many people listen to this show every single day. And I don't mind, you know, beating the dead horse that I don't want anybody to experience the burden of debt. I want us to experience the peace of prosperity. Yeah. When you have a bunch of money, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice having money in the bank account for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Look at old Brian, man. He's, he's got some money and he's, you know, it's, it's, there's a, there's a burden off your shoulder. It, money's, it gives you options. Yes. You never want to be in a position where you're pinching pennies or you got to go like, oh, how am I going to pay this bill or pay that bill? You never want to be in that kind of position. If you're going to 
take out debt. And this is where I will say there is, there is a little value to debt or financing equipment. We'll say just the fact that you wouldn't be cash strapping your business in this kind of industry. You understand how, you know, cash is King really, you know, what you can do is dictated by how much cash you have. So at the same time, you want to be able to utilize your credit lines too, and be able to finance things over a period of time, as long as you as a business owner are correctly accounting for that and be able to finance that and be able to play that game and understand how that works. Just like as if you well, were- I, Let me, let me interrupt yeah. here hmm? because I know you're a new listener to the show. You, you mentioned out in the driveway, you listened a few times, Yeah, but I built my business never borrowing a penny. Mm-hmm. You know, well, let me say this. There was a truck- that was 2,900 bucks for my buddy. And he, he just kind of offered it to me. He's like, man, just give me a hundred bucks a month and until you pay it off. And I would throw him even more than that. So I guess technically that might've been debt, but there was no interest and there was no, whatever. It was, it was just kind of like a handshake deal with my buddy. He's like, Hey, come pick. I got, he had like 30 vehicles at his property. He's like, yeah, come pick this one up and whatever. But other than that, every piece of equipment, every bill to a subcontractor, every expense, a hundred percent, I've paid for it in cash as I went. Now I didn't have as fancy as a truck as my buddy, uh, you know, uh, originally, but most of those guys aren't in business anymore. Yeah. Those guys, all their, whatever they, they burn out or didn't make it financially or whatever. And I was like the turd, the tortoise or the turtle. I just, I just moved slow. I needed a new weed eater. I went and worked instead of till 5 PM till 7 PM and did that extra yard, mm-hmm. put that 50 bucks towards the weed eater. I, you know, I needed a new, whatever, and I would pray. And sometimes I'd get like a Brian ring. He's from Stillwater, Minnesota. He gave me a brand new or not brand new, but a, a, a new Kawasaki engine on a, on a, on an older mower, but it was basically brand new, you know, mechanically yeah. and a trailer. And I had all kinds of cool stories that happened. So it is possible. I know what you're saying about the game. Yeah. But I never played the game. Yeah. And my business is debt free and it's possible for, for those who are listening. You just, there's a way to build a business without doing the debt thing. And I, I did it. And so anyway, I, I know I just yeah. wanted to say there's, there's an other option other than playing the credit debt game. And I understand what you're saying about the cash flow, but I don't like risk. Yeah. So. No. And I get that. I mean, you're always taking a risk with that kind of stuff when you're financing something and you never know when COVID hits just stop and then or COVID revenue, hits and- revenue dries up or a, a, you guys have winter snow up here. I, I'm from yeah. Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And uh, we ain't got snow yep. up there. We ain't plowing the snow. We ain't making no dough. Nope. Um, so anyway, back to the business of this year. You, you yeah. guys are profitable this year. Oh yeah, definitely. So w- w- all our money that we're profiting, we're reinvesting back into the business. I mean, so you, one of the things, and this is why I'd say, you know, I, I will take the side of the credit and I, I, I respect, I agree with you a hundred percent that if you can keep it debt free and just slowly build that's, that's awesome, man. I, I come from a little bit of a different background. I grew up with, I didn't really have anything. I don't, I didn't have five grand to go buy a hoopty truck, you, you know, or something like that. But mm-hmm. so I had to be able to finance things and be able to manage that money and still make money in the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, and that's part of why I went to school for finance and accounting and economics, all that kind of stuff. Cause I understand that side of things. But at the end of the day, we're really 
profiting 25 to 30%, even after all our expenses, labor, finance costs, interest costs on the financing, even, you know, paying our guys bonuses Salaries for you. Or- yeah. Salary for me, even after my own salary, mm-hmm. we're still clearing 25 to 30% because, and this is where I will go back to, you know, you got to have at least a healthy credit line available because in this area, which you're not familiar with the area that we're in is a booming suburban area. And I mean, every day there's 20 new side lawns going in within a square mile radius. Mm -hmm. So those are all houses that need to be cut. You got to have more mowers. You got to have more trucks and trailers, start crews, stuff like that. And we really started from a good point where we had a healthy base of customers that we built a really good relationship with because we really strive on our quality and making the, our properties look the best. So, you know, I've, I've really taken kind of the approach of the aggressive growth because I see this opportunity here and, you know, new jobs to be done. For example, this coming week, I'm, we're going to be running a mini excavator for the week to, you know, do a landscape job. And I've never ran a mini excavator, but mm-hmm. I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm willing to take the chance and we're going to get it done. And the customer's going to be happy. I'm going to make money and I'm going to learn something new in the process. So I, that, that's just how I look at it is I've put myself in a position where I have to do what I, everything I can to continue to keep this business rolling and growing. Because if I want to be like Todd's, I don't want to have to, you know, be 50 years old and finally get to that point. I'd like to be 35, 40 and still be able to enjoy the, you know, huge business I've built. Yeah. And I, well, I hope you'll listen to my podcast with, um, uh, Troy Clog. Troy Clog. Oh, he, he talked, Troy. To, he talked, so listen to, listen to that episode. And mm-hmm. for you guys now in real time, his, his episode will actually be out. So you can go back if you missed it. Troy Clog. Cause he talked about I mean, his company's huge, man. Mm-hmm. He was taking me out. He had 400 trucks. Cause there's a number on each truck. Yep. And I was like, what's this 327 mean? He's like, well, that was our third 327th truck purchase. And then, yeah. you know, I, I saw 395. So I was like, you guys bought 395 trucks. He's like, yeah, we don't have necessarily all, cause some of them they would have sold or some mm-hmm. of them had broken down or whatever, but that, you know, at some point they yep. in, uh, purchased one of those vehicles. But one thing he said that you got to be careful of, and I'm, I'm talking to my audience, not, yeah, I'm not coming down on you, Tyler, <laughs> but, um, there's, there's a way where you can aggressively grow and implode. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful, uh, you know, that you're not just growing top line revenue for the sake of growing top line revenue. You want to, you want at the end of the year to be profitable. Oh yeah. That, that you guys made the business made money. I understand reinvesting, taking yeah. some of that profit. That's, that's a smart idea to take some of that profits and upgrade your equipment or, you know, uh, make your business more efficient mm-hmm. uh, through that. But don't just get obsessed with, I want to be Todd or Troy yeah. because I don't want to put a statistic, but most people who try that, they end up failing or the ones that do have the big company. It's such a zoo and circus and, and chaos if you don't, you know, so I, I don't want to say slow down to, yeah. to, to diligence and hard work and your hunger, but don't, don't grow this thing so fast. And then it's an election year. Now we see craziness going on. I'm not going to get all the political stuff, but there's stuff being, you know, the, the economy's drying up in some COVID-19 is a perfect example. And, and you, you can't predict all of that, 
But if you're leveraged all over the place and you're you, all you're doing is trying to grow, you don't want it to employed. And the more crews you bring on, that you know that's even more. Somebody's somebody's not going to show up. Somebody's going to get a oh, flat yeah. tire on the road. I mean, there's so many more variables of things that can go wrong. And so I just, I've done this for a long, I mean, I've done this for 10 years, not a long time. Like uh, Troy's got 40 years. He's got, yeah. he's got four times. But I just sat there and I listened to everything he said. And so I just want to say grow, you know, very meticulously. Why am I buying this or renting this? Why am I hiring this person or not hiring this person? Just don't, don't feel like the, I mean, if, if, if your goal is to be a Troy clog, you know, I don't want to stop you from doing that. I just don't want you to um, implode this thing on the path to that because that, I mean, you know, that was very hard to build. Oh yeah. What, what, what he built. And he is so, he is so smart just talking to him off air. I'm like, man, this guy, this guy knows his numbers and this guy knows business. Oh yeah. No. And that's all about, and, and you know, I, I, if we had all day, I could tell you the back end of it on how to make sure you have a successful safety net in place in case of things like that. You know, unfortunately, we were in a position in the last year where we weren't able to have those things in place because of external things and mm -hmm. internal things. But um, moving forward now, that's where I've built that in because that, and that's where I will say like school is valuable and teaches you a lot of things. But a lot of you can find online, too, is, you know, just have a good financial plan in place. Understand your numbers. Make sure you're you're making money. And it's not just, oh, did I make money on this job today? And did I make money on that job today? And and this, because you got to remember, you got to buy shirts for employees. You got insurance costs. You got gas you got to put in. All these different varying costs. You got repairs that are going to come up. Things you got to be able to uh, calculate and expect. And then there's always the things you don't expect as well. So make sure you have a healthy, you know, profit and, and make sure you have a good cash flow that you're not straining yourself just because you're bringing in 15,000 a month does not mean you can spend 15,000 a month. You got to make sure you have money in the bank. Yeah. A rich, sure. wealthy person once told me spend less than you make. Yes. You know, ha <laughs> have that margin. And, and real quick, I want to give a plug to um, my bookkeeper. Do you have a bookkeeper? No. Okay. You need to call this person, dude. Tell them Paul sent you. This, okay. These people are awesome. They will um, basically do all your reports, all your bookkeeping to show you your, you know, your numbers and have all the documents necessary mm -hmm. to really get a financial pulse on your business. And uh, my bookkeepers, Gulf Coast Bookkeeping, you guys can call them and uh, they can um, set you up to, you know, go over your profit and loss statement with you, make sure everything's categorized correctly. So then yep. all you got to do is turn those documents into your accountant. Yep. Your accountant's a breeze for your accountant to have all the accurate numbers, but a Gulf Coast bookkeeping, they're down in Pensacola, Florida. And we talk all about profitability and knowing your numbers, but I highly recommend uh, not just a good CPA, but a good bookkeeper. So that's, that's 100%. who I personally use in my business. And if you want to call them, tell them Paul sent you, they'll get you a good deal. Yeah. And uh, you, you definitely need, once you hit a hundred thousand in revenue, uh, which is very easy, it's, it's very easy to do Yeah. Um, in this industry. That, that sounds intimidating if you're just starting like a hundred thousand, I'm talking top line revenue. That's really slacking, honestly. Yeah. Like you should be able to go out and do a hundred thousand. That's not like you got a job and they're paying you a hundred thousand because no. you're paying for your truck and the flat tire and the oil and yep. your overhead of all kind of insurances and the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. on. So if you do a hundred thousand in revenue, all of that comes out of it. But a hundred thousand revenue is, 
you still got plenty of time on your hands hitting a hundred thousand. But once you hit that hundred thousand, you definitely want a bookkeeper. Oh, 100%. Um, so get, um, Gulf coast bookkeeping. That's a nice little plug. That's who I personally use. That's a nice little plug for them. Just why I'm on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Once you, once you start making money, you got to be able to keep track of things. And one thing for us that, uh, maybe not all businesses do is we are, a seasonal services business. Mm-hmm. We do more than just lawn care. You know, we do the aerations, dethatching, fertilizing, irrigation. That's where good money's at, dude. Oh yeah, all of it. Great profit margins. Oh yeah, you charge right. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Irrigation, fertilizing are, are good money makers for sure. It, you almost can't go wrong with them. Uh, but you know, we we really try and market ourselves as a, a year round service company. So you, one other thing when you start getting to that kind of size and you start doing different things other than just lawn care, you know, those guys out there that are in high school and they're just cutting grass and they're, you know, the homeowner says, can you throw some mulch down for me? You got to be able to start differentiating those lines of revenue and making sure that each division is making a profit. Kind of going back to the conversation we had before the podcast where another company acquired another just to mm-hmm. try and band-aid it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if one division of your business is not generating profit, then you don't, don't do it. Just don't, yeah. there's no need let, to. Let me ask you a question. Why, why do you want to build the big company like Todd or Troy? What, why? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd say that my biggest reason is because I enjoy doing this and I found that, I have a way of doing things that makes a lot of sense. I, I mean, I've, I've done this for, you know, t- 12 years now since I was 12 and went through a lot of hardships and did things the wrong way or the hard way and found a better way to do certain things like, you know, landscaping jobs, throwing mulch, cutting grasses, you know, lawns, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that I would really like to be able to provide that for more people than just say a hundred customers that I cut on a weekly basis or mm-hmm. 150 or, you know, with both the crews, it's, you know, 275 or that kind of thing. I would really like to be able to provide the customers in my area, the type of landscaping and lawn care work that they deserve. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of guys out there that will speed through a lawn or I call it mow and go, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Rick's Rick's mowing. Yeah. You know, mow and go. And they're leaving tread marks Chuck going on the to the next house. Yeah. So it, it, there's a lot of companies out there. I like that. Some people are laughing right now. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> Naylor, if you're listening, that was for you, my guy. So, but yeah, there, there's a lot of people out there like that, that are just, or, you know, even bigger companies that are just in it for the money or they're charging outrageous prices. And I understand that as you grow, you get more overhead, but at the same time, it is kind of correlate correlatory, you know, we can do good work and provide it for an affordable price. And there's a lot of guys out there that do it too cheap or too expensive. We just found a good way to be in the middle and I enjoy what I do. You know, I enjoy coming in and, and having, you know, nine guys that I, you know, send out to do different jobs and, and being able to direct that and develop people really is, is really what I really enjoy is, is working with people, helping them to grow and be better and, and learn different social skills, how to sell jobs, how to bid jobs, how to help run the company, you know, just helping people become better in life really. Mm-hmm. And, and 
have fun and good money, make good money at it. Yeah. Last question. And we got another guy showing up here. Brian, thanks to Brian Fullerton. He's, we're literally in his studio and he's got me lined up every hour, a different person coming through. So yeah. got to make sure we got about two minutes, a hard stop here. But uh, yep. what's been your biggest mistake, Tyler, in, in, in looking back and what'd you learn from that? Uh, I would say my biggest mistake is trusting people too much. Um, when it comes to your business that you built and you're passionate about and you care about and you want to succeed, never be too trusting. Um, always look over people's shoulders, always make sure you have your best interests in mind. And also don't wear yourself out. You got to have a life. You got to, you know, take the weekend to, to work on yourself and spend some time to yourself and, and just do some good R and R and, recoup and go back at it. I, that's why I would say, cause I've, I've ran myself down in the ground too hard and I've let people have control that they shouldn't have had of control of. And they've done nothing but come and bite me in the butt. So. Yeah. And I was looking at Brian's vision board upstairs in his kitchen. And one of the things, and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this. If he does, then too late. <laughs> yeah. He <already laughs> Here did. we go, Brian. But uh, he had about, as I was looking at his vision board, he had a, about a, a day a week to really rest and, and recover and recharge yeah. and rejuvenate, you know, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, um, physically, and, and really kind of hit that reset one day a week. And that's somebody like Brian, he has two very successful businesses. Oh yeah. And he understands the importance that, okay, I can go a hundred miles per hour, six days a week, but there needs to be one day. And this is even, you know, in uh, the book of Genesis, it's the idea of work six, rest one. Yep. Work six or us one. And I was guilty of working seven. And as I look back in my life, that those were the worst years of my life. Yeah. E even though I was working seven, it was like, it was like a juggling act and I never got on top of it, even though I was working seven and in hindsight, I wish Tyler, I would have worked six, cut out maybe some things yep. and, and taken that day. Cause then Monday rolls around and I'm already on empty. Like yep. I'm already You're just drained. So much more productive. But when, when you, you have, have a day, day, it doesn't have to be Sunday. It could be Saturday or it could be Monday. One guy I know does Monday. Yep. Um, most people do Sunday. Mm -hmm. I personally do Saturday when I'm not on tour. That's my day. Yeah. Pick your day. It doesn't have to be a specific day, but no matter what, I'm not doing an email. I'm not nothing. We're not even going to talk about our, our bit. We're going to, um, you know, whatever it is for you, you know, to recharge. For me, I got my my butts in church, dude, yep. every Sunday morning and, and Sunday evening sometimes. And I, I'm at the pool or the lake or whatever. Like, yeah, I like water. So yeah. one or the other is rejuvenating for me and, 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 or a nap or, you know, just not having anything scheduled, just doing nothing. Yeah. Is sometimes uh, one day a week is important. Yeah, I'm not saying be lazy. You can't down. do that every day, or you're yeah. gonna be broke. <laughs> oh no, no, you no. gotta work hard, but you gotta also rest. So. Yeah, yeah. When you're working 24 seven all day, as hard as we both are every day, you gotta have a day where you just slow down and and have that to yourself. Definitely. Amen. How can people follow you on Instagram? Uh, so you can find us right now. Uh, we are in the process rebranding as TC Seasonal Services. You can find me as TC's Lawn Care on Instagram. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. And I, I hope, I don't want to, I don't want to tear you down with the conflict on debt. I, oh, I, you're I, good, I, man. We can agree to disagree. Agreed. And I think that uh, it, you shared your opinion. I shared mine, but as the host, I don't want to overpower you and, and for, forgive me if I came across too stern. No, nah, you're good. I know, you, I know there's a 17 year old kid out there, you know, 
listening right now and dude, I would do the wrong idea. I would do anything. Well, I didn't want to be disrespectful to you, but I want to save this 17 year old's life. That's thinking about going into debt because dude, if I could go back and be 17, I know, I know we got someone waiting. Tyler, let me just finish this. You're good. If I was 17 years old again, I remember this dude, you 17 year old kid listening to me right now. I remember this guy, Mike. Okay. We're out golfing. He looked me in the eye and he said, Paul, he said, this guy's a million, multimillionaire. Okay. We're out, we're out playing golf. He's like, listen to me, young man, take $100, which at the time, a hundred dollars when I was in high school, it's like a hundred dollars. What? That's a, that's astronomical. But he's like, take a hundred dollars a month and put it in a mutual fund. Okay. Every single month, no matter what, I don't care what else you spend your money on every single month. I need you to put a hundred dollars in a mutual fund. He's looking at me, he's me like serious. He's like, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm not even really paying attention to him. And he's like, number two, he's like, you listen to me. This is a multimillionaire talking to 17 year old Paul Jameson. Okay. He says, number two, no debt. He said, debt's the devil. He's serious. Okay. He's like, that's the devil. Okay. And uh, I didn't listen on uh, to him on either. I didn't start putting a hundred dollars a month into a mutual fund. If I would have done that for 17 years with the compound interest. Oh yeah. A lot of money. Oh yeah. Okay. And the debt thing, I didn't listen to him. I, I went to an expensive college university and I did get my degree, but it was, it was I mean, dude, I can barely remember anything I learned. It, it was, I didn't really, I didn't learn anything that enhances my life now. It was a bunch of memorize this for the test. I memorized it. I forgot it by two days later, but I passed the test, whatever. Yep. So, all right. He is TC's seasonal services. Appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks again to Brian for making this possible. Yep. Why well, be seeing you at Entrepreneur Academy live? Definitely. If, if your gov- if your uh, state allows it. <laughs> yeah. If the governor allowed us. Yeah. Then we'll be there. All right. Cool, man. I'll see you again in November. Lord willing. Yep. See ya. Spirited show today. Gotta say, I like it. This is Mr. Producer reminding you that Paul is recommending that if you do not yet have a bookkeeper, that you go ahead and connect with Gulf Coast Bookkeeping, not only because they do a bang-up job for him, but because they specifically work with clients in the lawn care industry. Info will be in the show notes. And thanks again to the Almonds and to Echo. You've been listening to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Thanks again to Echo for powering our first annual summer road tour. Check out Echo's product line at echo-usa.com. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button to stay up to date with the newest episodes as the tour rolls on.